We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And as always, every Saturday morning, our financial and retirement expert is here with us in studio. And he is here again today. Hello, Larry. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good. Good to talk to you. Uh, Lots of exciting things happening, I hope. You know, hey, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ uh, yesterday, Friday, closed at an all-time record high. So congrats to the markets, right? Pretty good indeed, isn't it? You know, it's been doing this for a while. It just keeps kind of edging up and edging up. And a lot of people are saying, hey, this thing is this thing has got to come down. This is way too high. What do you say well, to that? Well, Chris, trees don't grow to the sky, do they? Well, Eventually, it'll pull back. Yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah. Eventually, but uh, right now, I don't see any signs of that as far as that goes. There's really no strong indications of a recession coming up anytime soon. The economy is expanding. The markets are reacting positively. The Fed is triggering lots of transparency conversations about the raising of interest rates. Uh, you know, just this long, slow glide path. And, and with the backdrop of inflation being low, that's a great opportunity. It's a great backdrop, if you would, for stocks. So, you know, the key point there is to pretty much stay invested and uh, watch, watch what things happen. You know, one of the things that I find very interesting about what you just said and what a lot of people are saying, Chris, is, <clears throat> you know, sooner or later it's got to come down. It, it just can't keep going. Well, that's true, and eventually it will. The economy will slow at some point down the road, and stocks will retreat a little bit. However, what's interesting here, if you take a look back all the way to 1980, okay, now this is through the latest data that we have on this is through June 30th of this year, but the number of daily 1% swings up or down in a given year, in other words, how much does the market, meaning the S&P 500, move each day, maybe a half a point, maybe a quarter of a point, you know, that type of stuff, up or down? Mm-hmm. Well, on an average, 62 times a year, it moves 1% or greater. Wow. 62 times a year. Intraday. Correct. Number of daily moves up or down, 1%. Now, see if you can time that, The average is 62. (laughs) You can't time it. That's my point. You cannot time it. For example, in 2008, we had 134 times it moved more than 1%. Wow. Okay. In, in through June of this year, the market has moved 1% up or down in a single day 36 times this year. 
So when you stop and you take a look at this and you, you see lots of lots of numbers going up and up and up above the 62 per year average. But last year in 2017, the market only had eight moves that were greater than 1% throughout the entire year. Just eight. And remember, the average each year is 62. The year before in 2016, it was 48. Again, fell below the average. Now, in 2015, it did 72. But you have to go all the way back to 2011 before it beat the average again. And so since 2011, except for one year, we've had volatility that's been less than the average on daily percent moves. And so that's why it grabs big headlines right now when you see a move that's bigger than 1%. But remember, that's you know pretty much the norm, 62 times a year that happens on average. All I say is feed the trees, baby. Feed the trees. Let's get some big trees. Let's keep them going. You know? Well, they're growing for you, Chris. They're growing for you. So, you know, hey, also in, in the economic news this past week, uh, looks like uh, their trade talks are going pretty well with NAFTA, uh, with, with Mexico, and that they're going to continue through the weekend. Uh, China's talks are, are, I guess, off and on, off and on uh, with, with, with everything there. So we'll wait and have to see what, what all this is about. But it looks like word is that probably another seven, eight, nine weeks from now, we'll, we'll get clarity of direction on all the different trade agreements and, and things like that that are, that are being made out. So, you we know, should vote for even bigger trees. I mean, it's, it's going to continue to go up if, they, if we don't have any geopolitical or any major events, right? I don't think the trade discussions are going to end up as a zero-sum game. I don't think it can. I think what the U.S.'s goal here at this point is to improve trade a little, and our trading partners is not to give up too much. And so, you know, obviously everybody wants to win, but what is the definition of a win here? Wall Street needs clarity of direction, and Wall Street will seek its place on the planet where money gets its best risk-adjusted return. So if there's a positive trade deal with, with you know this group over here and a negative one with that group over there, money will gravitate to where it needs to go to get its best rate of return on a risk-adjusted basis. So that's one of the beautiful things about you know what we get to do is sit back and say, okay, let's not make any changes based off of all of this negotiation right now. We have to wait to get clarity, and then we can make some moves and mm-hmm. things like that, if you even need to. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll clear that up, uh, you know, in, in the coming weeks. So, hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. It's open line Saturday. Whatever subject matter you may have, anything covering from taxes to mortgages to reverse mortgages, to stocks, bonds, retirement planning, annuity, estate planning, college funding. Bring it on. Whatever you have in mind today, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. 
This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turo at McLean Mortgage. 571-490-7117. Troy Turo and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123-855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, Larry, we've been talking about the fact that the markets keep going up and up and up. What does that mean for you and I as far as our investments are concerned? Do we still put money in and in and in, or do we say, what do we do? What do you think? Well, there's there's different ways to get in and out of the market, Chris. And, and with markets at this level here, you have to ask yourself the question, is the market overpriced? Is it fairly priced or is it undervalued? And right now, based off the P.E. ratio, the market's pretty much fairly valued. So with new highs that we're reaching, you know, I would recommend if you're putting in new money to prob- and, it's, and you're, you're going into stocks, then I would probably say, hey, why don't you put it in on a dollar cost averaging basis? which is put the same amount of money into the same investment each month or so, regardless of the price. That way you're going to end up with, you know, bleeding the money in, sort of sequencing the money in over time and ending up with an average price over that time versus dumping it all in today. If the market were to pull back, you may lose some money. On the other hand, the opposite side of that is true. If you dump it all in today and you believe the market's going to keep going up and it goes up, then all your money's going to be making for you. So, you know, the most, the, the best way to, to, to address that is really to sort of split the road there and do dollar cost averaging, which is one of the best ways to put dollars into the market. Now, what's interesting about that, one of the most frequently asked questions that I get all the time is, hey, Larry, how do I pull money out when I'm ready to retire? Because, you know, we work with a lot, we're retirement planning experts, and we work with a lot of retirement, a lot of people that are close to or already retired. And the most efficient way to take money out during your retirement years is to do the reverse of dollar cost averaging. Instead of putting money in each month, you take it out each month. Mm -hmm. And that way you're going to end up with the average price when you're liquidating stuff coming out. Now, that is if you're liquidating shares. Obviously, you want to try to, to make things work off of dividends and stuff like that. But if you have to liquidate shares, you want to look at doing reverse dollar cost averaging coming out. So going in and coming out, Chris, is the most efficient way to get the average price of the security over time. Okay. So but how do I get the very best bang for my buck? I mean, I guess to explain that a little bit more clearly, I'm putting money into the market. I'm giving it to either a financial planner to kind of manage that money a little bit, which is probably the wiser way, which is going to give you a good bang for your buck. Maybe a little overhead there, but in the long run, you get a little better deal. Or, you know, in today's market, do you, if you are a DIY, do it yourself, or how do I get the, the, best, uh, the best value as far as 
for my dollars that I put in in a dollar cost average. Take emotion out of it. Okay. Take emotion out of it. You know, if, if you're most people mess themselves up by emotionally investing. There's nothing wrong with investing yourself. Okay. When when you do that, you need to understand a whole lot. It is a full time job. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to, you know, to answer your question directly, how do you get the most bang for your buck in investing? It's buying quality, holding it until the quality goes away or your goals change. It's not timing of the market, Chris. It's not timing of the security. It's time in the market with a quality security. That's what the deal is. And when you listen to all these people talking about trades in and out, and they got shows on it and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, hey, you should buy this, you should move here, you should do this, print media, radio, all that kind of stuff, you're, a lot of times you're just spinning your wheels. You know, if, if, if you bought a stock at $25 a share and it sat still, for four months and did nothing, and then it dropped $2 a share. Mm-hmm. Why would you not love it at $23 a share four months later when you bought it at 25 four months ago? Because your emotions say, well, maybe it's going to drop two more dollars. Thank you very much. There you go. So you want to you want to get in and just in, and let it go. Let management work. Let, let time happen. Let assets build. Let things grow and, and expand and produce. But when is the time to get out then, though? Because there's got to be a time when the quality does go away. And how do you know when that's the time? Well, it, it, it depends on what the objective is of that line item. Take a look at your investment portfolios from a line item perspective. You know, you have an account, XYZ, ABC, 123. That's your account number. Mm-hmm. But inside that account, you might have, let's say, 10 different investments. One investment is is designed for, let's say, aggressive growth. Another investment inside that account is designed for conservative income producing. Mm -hmm. So on the aggressive growth line item, if you will, you want to get out when the economy starts to slow and markets start to slide. Whereas on the conservative income producing one, you might never get out of it. Because it's going to be doing that in good times and in bad times, right? It's producing the income. So who cares what the price of it is, whether it's high or low, as long as it's producing the income that you want. Well, you added something in there that we hadn't really talked about, and that's strategy across diversification. Because you've got strategies, different buckets of money that are doing different things. You're telling me here that you've got something that you want to use as growth, and you've got something that you want to use for some other purposes, right? Correct. Focus on the big picture. What's the purpose of the investment? What's the purpose of each ticker symbol inside your investments? You should know you should know what you own and understand why you own it and how it reacts to interest rates going up or going down, to a flat interest rate cycle, to an economy that's expanding, to an economy that's stalling, to an economy that's go, that's slowing down. Each one of those investments carry investment risk associated with it. So what are the risks of the different investments and what's the objective and what's the best market backdrop, economic backdrop, for these investments to flourish to accomplish those goals? Mm -hmm. So you go right on down the list with it all, and you should know what each line item is designed for. And then that will tell you how long you're going to be inside those those different investments inside your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Well, you said something that's kind of interesting as well. You talked about goals. I know over the years you've talked about the fact that it's not money that you want, even though you hear people say, I want more money. I want to earn money, money, money. But money doesn't really buy you anything if you don't have any goals to spend it on. And so how do you get those goals? What is the best goal-setting strategy with regards to retirement? When it comes to the retirement picture, the best goal-setting strategy is to ask yourself this simple question. Are you happy with your lifestyle right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So if, if you know, take, take somebody who's 50 years old and ask them, are you happy with your lifestyle right now? And if they say yes, then we say, okay, then we're going to build out a financial plan to make sure that you are accomplishing the same lifestyle you have today as you would at retirement and through your retirement years. Mm-hmm. It, it's, not a, it's not a number. It's not a number. A lot of people get confused and say, what's your number? You know, I know a financial advisor who talks to people about what is your number? What number do you want to obtain? What number do you want to get to? I don't think it's about a number. I think it's more about your lifestyle because if it's about the number, when you get to that number, you're not going to be satisfied because you're going to want a bigger number. Mm-hmm. And if you never get to that number, you're not going to be satisfied, right? So you're always going to be trying to do everything to get to that number. But it's about lifestyle. You know, financial planning is about more than just money, Chris. It's about it's about you being able to have the lifestyle that you want to have within reason. You know, I mean, obviously, everybody can't have the, you know, the the Bill Gates, quote unquote, lifestyle, whatever he's living on, you know, these days. But but, you know, you're going to have the, the 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 lifestyle that you want to be able to to take time off of work or retire a little earlier, do some charity work or, or spend more time with your grandkids or or, you know, go fishing or whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what it's built about. It's about what are your goals? What, are your, what do you want to try to accomplish? And then let's back in an investment strategy, reverse engineer an investment strategy into those goals, into that goal platform. That'll tell you what type of returns you need to get, how much you need to save, the tax efficiencies, the risk levels, all of that in order to get to a point in time when you start delivering reliable streams of income in a tax-efficient manner from dependable sources to accomplish those goals for yourself. That's where wisdom really does come in. You, you've, I think it was you that told me about Warren Buffett who said that he's going to take the first part of his life and earn his money, and in the last part of his life he's just going to give it away. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we were all such good stewards that we could do something like that? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of information out there about that. You know, there's a book called Halftime that talks about that, going from success to significance. What are you going to do the second half? You know, so you've saved up enough. So, so your 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 retirement plans are on pace. Now, what do you want to do? You know, now what do you want to do with with any excess that you may have? You know, what send more of it to the Lord's make? kingdom. Yeah, what exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. How do you want to affect change? You know, some people say, well, you know what, I'm not going to work as hard. I'm going to spend more time with kids, with grandkids, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, pass on your values and, and, and things like that. So it's not always about the money when it comes to building an effective financial plan. It's about wealth transfer in a tax-efficient way. You know, 51% of financial advisors out there have not met their clients' children. So what's going to happen when wealth transfers? Oh, wow. Do you see what I mean? Uh-huh. What What's going to happen with that? That's one of the reasons why we do a 100-year financial plan in oh. our firm. Matter of fact, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. There's a video right on the front page, and it describes how our financial plan works. Go do that. Go go look at it. It's a pretty neat video. It's about 90 seconds long, and, and it'll take a look. It coordinates everything together, and it does multi-generational planning with tax efficiencies through it. It's pretty neat. The software these days is, is so robust and does so many different things. People have no idea until they sit down, they take a look at it, and they go, wow, you know, I had no idea that it could do this. I was describing parts of it the other day to a client of mine. They've been clients for years, long, long time. And they're they're uh, just about right at retirement. Actually, mm-hmm. she just retired. He's going to work a few more years. And she was saying, you know, it'd be nice if I could get my budget, and, and I want to finally get a budget together and get all this stuff done. 
Well, the software will, will do that electronically for you. It'll download your, your statements and, and sort it all out so you have a budget that's always working in the background for you. The, the technology of these things today is, is so robust, it, it's pretty neat. Go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the uh, financial planning software video and, and uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what you think. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. wanted to be part of something big nonprofit organization called stars children africa do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise now you can be part of something that brings hope what we do is we actually pay for the school fees for about the cost of a new suit you can change an orphan's future for a whole year we pay for the school fees and that averages around 500 to 550 dollars a year total that means food lodging the teaching the education part the the uniform that whole thing call now 703-201-2494 or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. Listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, making money sense. 855 Rose one two three is the number to call. Let's talk to Janice. What's your question, Janice? With my limited knowledge here, I believe that annuities is a safe way to grow your money as opposed to investing in the stock markets and mutual funds. And wanted to ask your opinion on that. Well, on one hand, Janice, I agree. Annuities, first of all, there are three types of annuities. There's a fixed annuity, an equity-indexed annuity, and a variable annuity. And the fixed and equity-indexed annuities are a safe way to grow your money. The variable annuity has market exposure, but you can put it in bonds or money market account, and therefore it would be a safe type of a haven as well. The advantage of an annuity is that you can never outlive your money if you annuitize it. Or if you use an equity indexed annuity or a variable annuity with an income benefit type of a rider on it, then you can never outlive your stream of income through a series of withdrawals. So the main purpose of an annuity is to establish a dependable stream of income from a reliable source to help you maintain your standard of living down the road. And it is something that more and more people are turning to 
because they realize that they have something called longevity risk. In other words, they're screwing up and living too long. <laughs> you take a look at having to live into your 90s now, which is a great blessing from the Lord. At the same time, we have to make sure that our income is coming in from a dependable source with as little risk as possible. So, Janice, wow. here's the bottom line answer to the overall annuity question. There are people in my industry that only sell annuities to their clients, and I think that's wrong. And then there are people out there that never sell annuity to clients, and I think that's wrong as well. I think that clients need to sit down and figure out what it is that they want to try to do with their advisor. And in some cases, maybe you put some money into an annuity, and maybe you don't. But it is a very good retirement income protection vehicle to maintain your standard of living down the road. And everybody needs to take a look at the pros and cons of the three different types. They've changed. They have changed so much. I tell you, just 10, 12 years ago, I was not a fan of annuities at all. And as a result of their changes with these guaranteed protection riders that are on them now, they are definitely something that needs to be considered in just about everyone's portfolio out there. Definitely. Okay. I'll tell you what I'll do for you, Janice. Great, great question. I'm going to put you on hold, and then I'm going to get a kit together for you and send you out some information on the annuities, okay? Okay, thank you. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's bring Ron on here. Ron, go ahead. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of things about um, using um, old life insurance as part of your um, plan for uh, retirement, and I just wanted to know how you felt about that. I've heard things that say it's good to use it. There are a lot of benefits to it, and I've read some other things where they say it's not good just use the term insurance and then um, invest well. So I just want to know where you fell on that line. Well, Ron, there's definitely two types of insurance out there. There's permanent insurance, which you're calling whole life, and then there's term insurance. The advantage of term insurance is for a small amount of money, you can purchase a large amount of insurance for a finite period of time say 20 or 30 years, and after that period of time's over, the cost on it's going to go way, way up. The advantage of the permanent or the whole life, as you're calling it in this case, is that that policy will last for your entire life if you fund it correctly. So the question becomes, do you need insurance down the road longer than what the term is going to provide you for? And I think that people need a combination of both. I definitely think that you need life insurance for your entire life. And I also think that you need term insurance to get a large amount of coverage while you're growing your family or your business or something like that, should you die prematurely before the actuarial age is hit. So it really it boils down to a combination of both and what your ultimate needs are. You know, if you run a financial plan and you include the life insurance needs analysis as part of that plan, you'll probably see that you need maybe a little bit more insurance than what you carry. A rule of thumb is that you need somewhere between five and ten times your income for life insurance based off of a few factors, age of dependent children, amount of debt the family has, standard of living survivors need to maintain, and percentage of household income that you provide. So, yes, I am a fan of both types of insurance, and they both play a different role in the marketplace. Okay, so is it that you can buy a term and then you can convert it, or how would you, would you just have a certain percentage of your life insurance in the permanent and a portion of it in the term? Well, yeah, I mean, you can buy both of them, and yes, you can convert the term into permanent down the road. 
a lot of term policies have a guaranteed conversion privilege into a permanent type of a policy. It really boils down to how much insurance do you need. Have you sat down and done a needs analysis on how much you need? Not really. And things are just changing, so I'm going to redo it. Me and my wife got roughly over a million and a half together in term insurance, but um, I've been reading a lot of things they were saying about the whole life, and I just wondered whether we needed to start looking into that and what are the benefits or the downsides, because a lot of things they're saying it costs more for the permanent insurance, and that's why they were suggesting using the term. Ron, it does cost more now for the permanent insurance, but one of the ways permanent insurance can work, if it's funded correctly, is that over the years it builds cash value inside the policy so that down the road you can actually stop making your payments and the cash value can continue the policy in force during retirement years without you making any payments to it. I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold and get your information as well as send you out some information on how to figure out exactly how much life insurance you actually need. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's bring Nicole on. She has a question for Larry. Go ahead, Nicole. Well, I'm calling because I want to figure out how should I invest in my 401k. I have a job that pays me well, but it doesn't have any benefits. And I have another job which does not pay as well as I would like, but it has all my benefits, full benefits, short-term disability, long-term disability, everything. And I don't want to depend on this job, the other job that pays well. And I want to basically figure out what should I invest my money in. Well, Nicole, how old are you? I'm in my 40s. I want you to invest in growth-oriented mutual funds inside your 401k plan. I want you to have some money on international, some money domestic, some money in large cap, some money in small cap. If you have specialty areas inside your 401k, such as technology or emerging markets and things like that, those are some of the areas that I want you to get into as well. But if it's at the job that you don't think you're going to stay at that long, oh, well, if you ever leave that job or they close, you can always roll that money over to your own IRA, but you do need to take advantage of it. Okay, and what about gold mutual funds? I think that if you're going to put some money into commodities, gold, that's absolutely fine, but just don't overdo it. Do some dollar cost averaging. Put a little bit in each month along with your other contributions if your 401K plan allows for that. What about treasury bonds and things like that? If you're looking to put money into treasuries, it's a very, very defensive move today. And I think at your age, with what you're trying to accomplish 20 years down the road for retirement, at least that's my understanding of this phone call, I would not be putting money into treasuries. Okay. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. Edna's on the line with us. What's your question for, Larry? I'm looking over an annuity. And um, it has a rider uh, where it adds 4.5% each year. And do you have to annuitize at the end of the term in order to get that 4.5%? Are you telling me you have to or are you asking me that you have to? No, I'm asking you. Well, Edna, some annuities require you to annuitize in order to get that benefit, and others do not. Others allow you to take withdrawals from it. Yes. And, and and most of them re- don't require annuitization to get those benefits. So if you're oh. shopping annuities right now, I would take a look at, at maybe some other ones that, that may be a little different 
that may give you a little yeah. bit larger upside because you, you know you you want to not have to be forced to annuitize in some cases now a lot of the older annuities that came out back in early 2000s with these riders that first came out they required annuitization but today's new ones most of them do not I have a quick question. I sold my house and I have a net of about two hundred thousand something sitting in the bank, and I do not know what to um, invest. And I'm well, at the retired age already. Patricia, what do you want to try to do with this money? Do you want do you, do you need to to reinvest it in another property, or do you want this money to provide you income? Uh, what what do you want to do? Um. I was thinking about to buy another uh, property, but for two hundred thousand something, is um, cannot buy anything, um, like a townhouse or I don't want to buy any condo because the turn turnaround is not that good as a house. So That's right now it's sitting in the bank in the savings. I do not know what should I do with that money. I don't need to use that money now. Your other option would be to put that money into some municipal bonds, and they're and they're liquid, so you can put the money in today and pull the money out tomorrow. At least really? that way you get a you get a little bit higher interest rate on them, uh, and it'll yeah. be tax free. It'll be tax free for yourself versus taxable at a lower interest rate. The difference there is that the money in the bank is guaranteed. The municipal bonds will have a little tiny bit of principal fluctuation up and down as the bond prices change each day. The bottom line is this: is when you go take a look at, you know, buying using the two hundred thousand dollars and putting it into another property. Obviously, you want this property to be, you know, paid for and have it, you know, earning uh, a, a rate of return for yourself. You know, there gets to a point where you have to say, well, let's let's see here. If if I if I have, you know, a home that's valued at let's say four hundred thousand dollars and I'm getting let's say fifteen hundred dollars a month. Um, which is eighteen thousand a year yeah. on four hundred thousand dollar property. That's a yield of four and a half percent. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. So, right. so if you yep. So remember, it's all about income here. So if you took a look at at putting uh, at, at buying a property that that's worth two hundred thousand dollars, and you got the same fifteen hundred dollars a month, now your yield is nine percent. Okay. So you have to take a look at do you you know what's the net income from rental properties versus simply taking this money and putting it into some municipal bond funds where you don't have any of these expenses you don't have to pay taxes you don't have to do repairs you don't have to do uh, you know insurance costs and, and 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 different things of that nature um, on the other hand you may you might not mind that and other people as they get closer to retirement I have found they say I don't want to hassle with this stuff anymore. You know, so they end up do, and they end up putting in these these types of bond funds, either corporate or municipal bonds, or a combination of both. So, you know, the good news is you can put some money, put some of this money into these bonds. They are completely liquid, and at the same time, if you do find a property that you desire to have, you can just simply pull the money out and go purchase that property. But remember, in the end, uh, Patricia, it's all about the income for yourself. Thank you very much, Larry. You really explained very clearly and uh, released my doubts. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
You're welcome. Patricia, I'm going to put you on hold here, and I'll send you out some information on the differences with uh, being a landlord or putting the money into bonds to get the income out, okay? Okay, thank you. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Let's talk to Jim. Jim, you have a question for Larry? A couple of quick questions. One, is there a good, simple reading book on trust versus wills that you would recommend? You know, I have a software program that I would recommend on that that I use all the time with clients in our firm. It gives you all the data and spreadsheets on, on the pros and cons of each one and compares them side by side. I can send that out to you, Jim. But as far as a book goes, I mean, ever since I discovered this software package years ago, this is what I've been using because it's updated all the time if there's any changes. But there are all kinds of books out there. I, I can't even remember the names of them now. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll send you out our kit on it all, and it's got all that information from the software on there. But you could probably just Google and just take a look at wills and trusts and things like that, and you're going to find a ton of books out there. You know, I have a specific software package for that that explains it all. Okay. Maybe I'll just Thanks, print you okay. a file on that and send that out to you. Is that okay? That'd be great. And the second question is, I have a close friend down in Columbia, South Carolina, and do you know of any good Christian financial planners down there that they can talk to? I do. I actually have a good friend of mine down in South Carolina who's a financial planner, owns his own financial planning firm down there. I'll go ahead and put you on hold, Jim. Okay. I'll get the uh, will and trust information out to you next week as well as my friend's contact information down there, okay? That's fine. Thank you very much. Vince is calling us today and has a question about paying off his house. We appreciate you listening today. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Vince, go right ahead. Uh, Larry, I have a question concerning an investment. I've recently come into a sum of money, uh, about $78,000. I have a $220,000 balance on my 30-year mortgage, and my wife and I are just having some discussions. What's the best way to handle that? Would it be to pay down the mortgage? I could have it paid off in a short seven years if I do it that way, or would it be better to invest in something else and uh, and let it run a little longer? Vince, are you going to stay in that house forever? Uh. I don't know about forever, but we have no immediate plans to move. We have young children in the house, and it's a custom-built house we made, so we're not anxious to move. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, here's the deal on this, okay? What, what, is, what is your mortgage payment each month? Mortgage payment is uh, fifteen, seventeen a month plus some escrowed uh, dollars for tax and so forth. And I'm also making an extra $150 a month payment towards it, so I'm trying to if I do nothing, if I don't invest it, I'll have it paid off by age 62. If I put this money in, it'll be paid off at 55, and that's certainly a, an attractive option. Absolutely it is. And let me let me give you the answer from a calculator perspective right now. The calculator will tell you not to put this money down and not to pay the house off, okay? Okay. Because the calculator will take into effect the opportunity um, that you have with that $78,000 to put it into, let's say, a 5% returning portfolio, okay? And the calculator is going to show you how that you would be better off by doing that down the road. Now, when it comes to real financial planning, um, I believe that we need to have as low a debt structure as possible in our retirement years. And I like the idea of being able to have our home paid for in retirement. Here's the at-risk point that you're going to have. Let's suppose you do decide to put down the $78,000, Vince, on your home, pay the house off when you're 55. 
And then when you're 60, maybe the kids are grown and gone, and you and your wife decide, you know what, I'm out of here, and we're moving to Tennessee. And you go down to Tennessee, and you sell your, your Virginia home, you go down to Tennessee, you buy a home, and then you create a mortgage for 150 grand. That would be a situation that you would lose because this $78,000 that you're putting in to the house right now will not provide a rate of return for you. It will only go up or down based off the value of the house. In order to get it earning money for you, you need to separate it, therefore put it into you know, a bank or, or some other place that earns money for you. So if you go down to Tennessee in this example and buy a house for cash and have a retirement home paid for down there, you know, in this example, if you end up moving, then it's a win-win scenario as far as that goes. I like to have as little debt as possible moving into retirement years. And I understand mathematically that the calculator will teach, and I've taught classes on this for years and years, Vince, and I build this in my clients' financial plans, and we step through this week after week with different clients, this exact same calculation. The calculator always comes at most time, the calculator will come out and show you not to pay the house off because you're talking about leveraging your, your assets and things. But I will tell you this, it provides a tremendous amount of peace of mind and freedom to not have that mortgage payment in your retirement years. And I'm a bigger fan of that than what the calculator says. Okay, well, I appreciate that very much. I'll take that under consideration. Thank you, Vince. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123. Charles, your question. Yeah, I have two questions. The first one is I turned 62 in November this year. And I was wondering, should I start my uh, Social Security withdrawal? And the second question is, should I start withdrawing my TSP to start paying my mortgage? Well, those are some pretty deep <laughs> questions, <laughs> Charles. And, and the answer is, you know, if you're not working and you want to start Social Security earlier, then that's one check mark in the column that says, yes, take it. The rule of thumb is take it early if you need. The break-even point on waiting to 66 is about age 81. So some people say, well, I'm going to wait till 66 if that's your normal retirement age because I'll get more money for the rest of my life. And that's true. But the break-even age is age 81. So you or 80 depends on how much it is. So you really need to sit down and think about that right there. But if you need the money, then by all means, take it. As far as using the TSP to pay your mortgage, I would have to ask, you know, obviously the money's there. You do with it what you wish. But I would have to ask, are there other proceeds, are there other funds available somewhere else to help make your mortgage payment? And are you going to be pulling all the money out of the TSP and pay off your house? Or are you going to use it to supplement your retirement income to make the monthly mortgage payment? What's your plan? I can want to uh, just supplement my uh, monthly income to pay my mortgage. Good. That's a good use of those funds. Charles, I want to go ahead and put you on hold here, and I'm going to send you out some information about how to go about doing this properly so that you can take the best advantage of your tax deductions while you're pulling the money out of your TSP plan, okay? This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's bring on uh, Sharon calling us from Virginia. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Sharon, go ahead. I have a property in Maryland. I live in Virginia, and I wanted to put, it, it was my old home, well, my home, it is my home, and I wanted to put that under an LLC, and I wanted to know, I'm not clear if there's any tax ramifications that I would have for that, for doing that, if it's beneficial to do it in the 
regards for a tax situation or detrimental. I'm living with my husband in Virginia, so I was going to put it up for rent and do that. Now, all you're doing is putting the property into a limited liability corporation and treating it as a business entity, so you're going to basically move that asset into the corporation. So what I would do is sit down with you. Do you do your own taxes, or do you have a tax preparer do it for you each year? I usually do it through H&R Block or someone like that. I would recommend meeting with your person at H&R Block or getting a CPA before you do this and have them explain to you what's going to be happening in the future with it all so that you get a full understanding of it before you go about doing it. But it's not a bad move at all, okay? Okay. But before you go about doing it, I want you to meet with the CPA in order to get one done. If you don't have one, I can recommend one for you. If you want, I can just put you on hold, and then we'll send you out our CPA's information that that you can speak to next week, okay? Yeah, that would be good. I would appreciate that. Okay, Sharon, I'll put you on hold just one second here. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more in just a moment of your phone calls. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around 500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 703- 201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Let's bring on Diana. Let's bring on Diana here today. If you'd like to dial in, please do so now. I'd love to have you on the show. Diana, go ahead. Good morning, Diane. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you today? Well, I have a question. My son just graduated from college in May, and he immediately uh, got a job, which is great. He signed up for the 401k. It's matching at 3%. But the question is, um, he's considering also a Roth. How does that work between the two? Are there some maximums, or can you give us some advice on that? Absolutely. First of all, his 401k that's going to match is going to go into the traditional side of the 401k. Does he have a, uh, a choice to put money on the Roth side of a 401k? Are you talking about just putting money into an individual Roth IRA? It will be a 
an individual Roth IRA. Great. Have him do both. And here's the deal why. Pardon me? Thank you. Yep, here's the, here's the reason why, Diane, because the money that's going into the 401K plan from his paycheck, he receives a tax deduction today, which is wonderful. All that money is going to grow tax-deferred until he ultimately pulls it out one year in retirement. Then all that money is going to be taxed to him. On the other side of the tax equation, by him putting money into a Roth IRA now, in addition, that money that's contributed to the Roth IRA is after-tax money. And it's going to grow tax-deferred. And as long as it sits there for five years or to 59 and a half, he gets to pull that money out tax-free. So down the road, he's going to have some taxable money that comes back to him and some tax-free money that comes back to him. And that's perfect tax allocation. That's what we want. So have him continue to do that. Plus, as his career, uh, as he grows in his career, there may come a day that he will not be eligible to put money into a Roth IRA because he makes too much money. So now it's very important for him to go about doing that and funding it this early in his career. Is there a limit on how much he can put in between the 401K and the Roth? The Roth he can put in up to $5,000, and the uh, 401K he can put in the federal guideline limits of 17000 and some. So he can do both then, right? Yes, he can do both, providing his – Providing his adjusted gross income isn't above, I, I think it's like 108 or whatever. I have to look it up. But but if as a single person, if he makes too much money, he gets excluded from putting money into a Roth IRA. And I can send you those numbers that you can give to him. I'll put you on oh, hold and get your email address, and then we'll send it out to you next week, the Roth limit numbers, okay? But – if he does make too much money as a single individual, then what he can do is something called backdooring a Roth, where basically he makes a contribution to a non-deductible IRA and then converts it to a Roth. And that's the way high-income earners can put money into a Roth IRA as well. Okay, So he does have options. It all just depends on how his uh, income plays out. But the biggest thing, big picture which is going to be most profitable for your son down the road in retirement years, is to have this tax allocation strategy. Take a tax deduction today in the 401K plan. On the traditional side, it's taxable coming out. On the other hand, put money into a Roth IRA. It's after tax dollars. No deduction today, but it's going to come out tax-free down the road, providing you, you, you follow the rules and things. Great job starting them off this way, Diane. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. Actually, we have about uh, time for one more caller here. And let's see, Miriam. Miriam's on the line with us. Go ahead with your question. I have a handicapped son, and I, and my oldest son will be the one that's going to be taking care of him. I, I have it set up so that my son is my um, power of attorney and my executor, and he's the one that's uh, on the trust. So I'm wondering if that's the right thing to do. Yes, Miriam, it sounds like it because one day if if you pass, then your older son knows that he's going to have to help your, your, your other son, the special yes. needs son. You may also want to look into a special needs trust, okay? Uh, yes, I have that written up, but I was just wondering if putting too much under my older son in order to get my younger son taken care of, he'll be the one that, you know, like you said, taking care of him. But I, I don't know if, if you said it would be a big mess that if I if I put him in my will as well as, you know, a beneficiary as well as being the trustee. 
what I would recommend, Marion, because you're you're talking about you have a revocable living trust, a will. You're you're afraid you're putting too much on your son. You have a special needs trust. It sounds like to me that maybe just sit down and do a review of everything with your advisor, and see how everything plays out, and then sit down and review it with your older son again. All right, Larry, so I've heard this said, and it's just a question for you, that whatever you are today spiritually or the kind of a person that you are, and the amount of money you have doesn't really matter, but the more money you make, it'll make you more of the same kind of person. Have you heard that before? Do you believe that? No, I've never heard that. I, I don't know. So you're saying that the wealthier somebody becomes, the more assets somebody becomes, the more it enhances their underlying personality anyway? Kind of. It kind of just, if you have more money, that you, makes sense. you can do more things that you would like to do for mankind, for example. If, you have, if you're not a nice person and you have a lot of money, you maybe want to just keep it for yourself and be selfish about it. I don't know. I'm just saying that's kind of what I've heard. And I don't know. Yes. I think it all starts and stops with with knowing who owns it and there what the go. objective is. You know, Paul talks in the Bible about you know, hey, thank you, Lord, for everything. I'm going to be thankful in all my situations, and and I pray that you know I'm not too you know I, I know what it is to be needy. I know what it is to have abundance. You know, and, and I pray that I'm somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. that that I that I don't get too boastful because of abundance, and I don't uh, get too needy and do something wrong. You know, I like that. Uh, so. Yeah, so gratitude, boy, that's the that's the key go. to a I, lot I would, of things. I'd fall back on that, the the big answer book for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Larry, it's been it's been fun once again. I'll see the clock says that we kind of have to kind of wrap things up. Another show, yep, that's good. That's very good. So, hey, if you're interested in in any of the topics we talked about this week, feel free to give us a ring during the week at eight five five Rose one two three, or simply go to my website LarryRosenthal.com. Tons of information out there. Go to go hit the website LarryRosenthal.com. Like us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. We're sending out all kinds of information. Matter of fact, we're going to have a social. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, a social media day. There you go. Thank you. A social media day launch here coming soon okay. uh, in in uh, the second part of September. So we've got everything just, just about cool. lined up with all of that. So you, you also said there's, the some, uh, there's some upcoming seminars you're looking at doing as well here. Yep, we are. We I've had the uh, the tax seminar just about ready to go, and yep. this past week we ran through a another another look at it, and I decided to make a few changes in it. So we're we're looking at doing that, and we're going to break it up into a couple of different sessions because we don't want to turn this into this is how you fill out a tax return uh, class, but we want to teach people about charitable giving under the the tax current and new some of the new tax changes as well as boy just some of these amazing Roth opportunities and and wealth replacement strategies that you can put back into your family and so we're we're breaking it up into two different types of of, of classes as well as tax efficiency all along the way That's so exciting. stay tuned yeah. yep it's going to be coming out here pretty soon uh, very very excited about that uh, I haven't I haven't done a class in, in, in a little bit. So, you know, we always take the summers off, so looking forward to getting back into it again. Again, if you want to get any information off of today's show, just go to my website and shoot us off an email, like us on Facebook, or simply call our office at 855-ROSE-123. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session. Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.
This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the 